The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. And welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by Fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, your solo host today. No Brian, he is out. I'm going to hold it down as best as I possibly can with some film room study from week 11. Now, as we typically do when one of us is out, we uh, we try to look to get at least three plays in. So it's you know worth your time. It's not just a one and one so today, uh, we're going to look at two plays from the Minnesota Vikings and Packers game, one offensively, one defensively, and we're going to take a good look at Jonathan Taylor and his first touchdown of the day, of course. Don't want to ignore him as much as I don't want to be the Homer Colts fan bias. Um, half the show off a, a little bit of what he's done this this season, you know, or th- in this game, five-touchdown performance. And uh, and how he got it done versus the number one defense in the Buffalo Bills. So we had a couple uh, a couple extensions made out today. Uh, some big ones: Cortland Sutton extended by the Denver Broncos, as well as uh, Taysom Hill, which I'm very very surprised about. Uh, if you guys have been listening to the show long enough, you know I'm, I am not the biggest Taysom Hill fan. Uh, I think all that the running back the Lamar Jackson is a running back criticism uh, should actually be directed totally. On, on a guy like Taysom Hill, but uh, we, we've kind of seen where his, his capabilities, he, he doesn't elevate this team, and as far as the Saints go, and I just, I, I'm not entirely certain what the uh, well, what the reasoning for that was. Uh, there's a couple other under-the-radar extensions that, that occurred today, but Sutton and Taysom Hill, I think, were the biggest names that really happened, so we'll leave it at that, but... Um, but yeah, we got some fun stuff to film uh, to to do film study wise. It was a pretty pretty incredible uh, wink of NFL action. We talked to myself and David yesterday, uh, last night. Well, this, yeah, last night yesterday. Um, just uh, just all the crazy upsets and stuff. And honestly, it wasn't really like a big offensive like showcase day. There wasn't a whole lot of crazy cool plays. There was there was enough. There was enough stuff to to, to break down as far as film study goes. But excuse me. But um, but yeah, it was a big defensive weekend. Big time defensive weekend. So uh, let's. Uh, we don't have to waste really much time. I don't got a gaga or anything like that. There's no. Unfortunately, without Brian, there's no. There's no morning game or morning. Yeah, morning game. Uh, just kickoff game. All right, but hopefully, if he comes back next week and everything is all good to go, then uh, then we'll have a little 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 pre-show game for you. So, but we're gonna kick it off. Let's get the uh, Jonathan Taylor stuff out of the way. All right. Uh, just because the second uh, offensive play and the, and the defensive play just coexist, they're the, essentially the same thing. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, huge, huge, huge impact on this Colts offense. I think we all knew that heading into uh, heading into this year, but yesterday, finally getting the ultimate usage. Frank Reich having him run, I think, thirty plus times, which is a uh, the most that they have used him. 
and something that a lot of Colts fans have been clamoring for. Colts fans and just just football enthusiasts have, have really wanted Frank Reich in this offense to 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 do. Unlet him let Jonathan Taylor play, run the damn ball. You know, if if he can get a defense to commit and to stop in that run, then he can start opening up the passing attack. All right, and that's that's kind of what happened uh, this 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 past weekend. The Bills had no answer for Jonathan Taylor. Number one defense, Jonathan Taylor puts up 200 total yards, I think 200 plus of uh, scrimmage. That's crazy. And five touchdowns, you couldn't stop it. I get it. There were some injuries and stuff, but um, the injury excuse is out the window uh, based on a lot the way a lot of teams have performed this year. So absolutely zero excuse for it. But let's head on over. Uh, let's let's bring up the video. Like I said, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do his first touchdown score. We'll let it play, and then we'll break it down personnel and all that jazz. They're backing it up. Two tight ends. Second and goal at the three. Wentz, Taylor, Doyle with a block, and that opens the door and a touchdown on the game opening drive by the Colts. Three yard touchdown run by Jonathan Taylor. And the Colts score on their opening drive for the fourth consecutive game. Doyle with a terrific tight end block. Watch Doyle as he comes in on the block. It's going to be his block that creates the opening for Jonathan Taylor. Watch right there. He slams the door, and then it's just one-on-one at the goal line. All right. So there it is. That is our uh, that is our opening. Uh, was that? Yeah, that was the opening drive touchdown. Which was uh, pretty remarkable, pretty, pretty cool. Let's see, next play, it's coming up, and there it is. Okay, all right. So let's set this thing up. Yes, open and drive touchdown. The Colts have done that. And I think just about a, a bulk of their last two months worth of games. All right, maybe six or seven or something like that. But they're in a good spot. Um, their offense is kind of clicking right now, and obviously JT is a huge part of it. So I do want to preface this as well. We did mention the injury thing, right? So the Bills, again, it's not an excuse. This team is still really good. And one or two missing players can't be the reasoning for your team not getting stuff done. They are missing Starla Tule, who is an incredibly underrated run stuffer. And, of course, their Pro Bowl linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds, was out um, uh, due to an ankle. I believe it was an ankle injury. Tule from COVID protocols, but... Uh, but uh, Tremaine Edmonds was a game-time decision. He was out. And the Colts wisely picking that aspect apart. It was very genius on the part of Frank Wright to run the ball up the gut. You know, they're very good. Cornerbacks, you know, outside lane, just every – their ends, very, very smart. But uh, the offensive line handled business and set up JT perfectly for his uh, his career day. His career day. Mind you, the newest uh, rushing yards leader. So – Offensively, we are looking at 12 personnel. Jonathan Taylor, the lone man in the backfield, and we have two tight ends here on the left side. I believe that's uh, Moelle Cox and Jack Doyle, um, who are tremendous, tremendous blocking tight ends, of course. This is a single, but I've learned a few few new terms this week, so we're going to open things up as far as uh, what we're calling some of these formations. This is single back, ace pair twins. The reason for this is on one side, um, the pair, the pairing essentially is this: the tight ends are on the left hand side, and then we have a pair of of wide receivers on the right hand side. It kind of balances itself out. And uh, but yeah, for those who don't know, uh, again, if you're just joining us as the first time you're listening to one of these uh, film study sessions, or you know you just 
you don't know anything about it. One running back, uh, the first digit is always the running backs in the personnelage, which we did say established was 12 personnel, um, and that is Jonathan Taylor, and then our two, uh, the second digit, the uh, yeah, one, two, 12 personnel uh, are the two tight ends. So that's what we're looking at here. For the Bills defense, we're just a goal line defense. Um, again, we're, we're starting to learn that a little bit more. Uh, they're playing pretty close to the line. It uh, looks like they got a couple cornerbacks on man coverage. Of course, it's Pittman, and I believe that's Pascal. Those are wide receiver one and two to really help sell that maybe this could be a pass. But uh, they, they're they pretty ready, at least right now, uh, before the ball is snapped. The Bills defense pretty ready to uh, stop the run up the gut. So let's uh, let's play this a little bit. I'm actually, I'll keep the audio down as far as the video goes for that. Okay. All good. Carson's making his pre-snap reads. A little head head tilt from the side. You've seen him. Um, and it's such a minor thing, but he's figuring out how to attack this thing. You know, if you've never seen game footage, like, mic'd up, though a guy like, uh, you know, on a play like this, Carson will tell Taylor at the handoff point, take it or kill or something along the lines of that to direct. And if he feels that Taylor has this thing, take it. If he doesn't, he's going to look for the pass. Uh, the coverage is not what he likes. Obviously, they got it pretty good. There's, uh, I believe Brian called this uh, bracketing. All right, and the the passing game is well, well um, defended here by the Buffalo Bills. All right, they got the two. We got two cornerbacks um, immediately on on Pittman and and Pascal, and they're not going to get very far because the middle of the field is uh, the middle of the the end zone. Essentially, is is very very well covered. Very well defended. You're looking at possibly an interception just or deflected pass. It's, it's not a good look as far as what they got going on. It's essentially like a five-on-two. It's essentially like a five-on-two kind of coverage, even though it's man. But there's basically five or six people ready to defend against two people. It's just not a good matchup. So they're playing back a little bit. They know that Jonathan Taylor's a freak. The offensive line's good. Let's, let's run it up the gut with Jonathan Taylor. So here, watch the head, the head movements. He's looking across. All right, maybe something for the tight ends. And they hike. All right, take it. Taylor finds a nice scene, but I want you guys to look at this part. And they, we did hear them talk about this when I initially played this uh, played this play. Uh, Jack Doyle pulls. All right, what I mean by that, I want you guys to keep your eyes on Jack Doyle. That is him, 84. He's on the far left here. He pulls. All right. He pulls across right there. And this is so important to this play. Jonathan Taylor is not getting into the end zone if this block doesn't happen. And this is, I think, why Jack Doyle is extended as often as he is. You know, tight end statistics have been, you know, statistically not one of the the best tight ends as far as, you know, catching, you know, big-time yards. Even though he has come up with some big plays this year, last year, um, touchdowns and and all that jazz, he's not like, uh, you know, he's, he's no Travis Kelsey. He's no... You know, like Zach Ertz from a couple years ago. He's really, really good when it comes to blocking, though. Sorry, I'm still like, my voice is still like gone from yesterday. I was screaming like crazy. Tired as heck. But yeah, so I want you to keep an eye on it. It's just above the second and goal. Um, Marking on the field there. And yeah, he's got a bump number 99. And there it is. There's the hole. Right there, up the gut. The offensive line has plenty of push. 
It doesn't seem like a lot of room, but for a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who's shifty, quick, he's got all the room that he needs. All right, look at 78's got this guy here, 72. The offensive, the, the Moelle Cox in our left end, I believe that's Eric, I think that's Eric Fisher, have these two well contained. Carson Wentz is out of trouble. These cornerbacks, all right, their eyes are on the receivers. And this guy's playing back maybe a little too far. I think the, uh, I believe the protocol for that is you play back as far as the, the offense is on the line of scrimmage, but um, he really just kind of couldn't get anything done. And look at that. Taylor finds a seam. This guy reacts maybe just a hair too late. Even though uh, Taylor hits him head on, Taylor has all the momentum. All right, he's running head down a little bit. He's got all the momentum, and he pushes himself into the end zone. Is that Trey White too? I think that's Trey White. So he ran over Trey White. All right, but this is this is the key for all this because the blocking. All right, this this run game that the Colts have isn't as successful if the Colts can't block, and there were a ton. They were plenty of offensive line issues coming in to this year. The first four weeks, they you know Eric Fisher was slacking, Quentin Nelson was hurt, Braden Smith was hurt. Uh, this line was all over the place. They had turnstile Tevi. Um, they were calling him Sam Tevi. Uh, he was just letting everybody through. And then the offensive line actually has tremendous depth right now. Quentin also got hurt later in the game, and somehow the offensive line still held up really, really well and was able to help, uh, you know, uh, Jonathan Taylor just get more and more yardage. So, um, but that, that that's the genius of this design. So we got two two wide receivers here to draw some attention off of the you know the potential run. All right, keep those cornerbacks. There's there's two. So you got eleven defenders on the field. You take two away. That's not bad. And of course, these guys are bracketed. And um, we got one, two, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people blocking nine, you know, nine people essentially. And these guys are just safety, right? They're, they're, they're playing back. Obviously, Trey White's a cornerback, but they're playing back to just kind of prepare for it. But Jonathan Taylor has a full five yards of momentum to go before he gets going. He's not getting stopped. If, it, Of course, if Jack Doyle misses this block, it's not going to work out so well, but but, yeah, let's take another look at this, and we'll leave the audio on. And we'll turn it down just a hair so I can talk over it. All right, there it is. Looking side to side, making his reads. And there's the handoff. Big block by 84. It was kind of nice. He hits uh, Jack Doyle. He hits 99 and bumps him into 84 over here. And up the gut. And that opens the door, and a touchdown in the game opening. And there it is. There it is. That's the first of five touchdowns of the day. I mean, the, the touchdowns weren't the only really great thing that JT did. He had a couple big-time big, big time runs, um, hitting seams really well. He has very, very good spatial awareness. You can see lanes opening up, and he just takes them and just hits the jets and goes. He did something a little bit later on. I think it was because uh, Brian actually offered to cover this play uh, before he had a cancel tonight. But um, you know, there was one where he, like, fake, like, trotted. Like, he slowed himself down a little bit to kind of get a defender to, to move. And it actually worked, and I probably should, I mean, that was another alternative one I could have looked at, but um, I really liked the touchdown. I really liked the uh, the 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 pull of the tight end, Jack Doyle, to make that block and open up that lane. That's running. That's the running game. That's running 101. Colts did this all day long, and that is why that is why the Buffalo Bills, they could not stop, and that's why, like, Carson Wentz. Like, a lot of people criticize Carson Wentz right now on, on Colts Twitter. I don't understand it. 
everybody just likes to look at numbers, but you have to look. This is the important stuff. This is why we do film study. If you can remember, uh, week one, post-week one, we did the Dak Prescott game. Cowboys uh, and Bucks, we did Dak Prescott. Zeke, everybody was crapping all over Zeke. His stats are terrible. They don't look good. Yada, yada, yada. But schematically, Zeke gets paid big money because he can block really, really well. And he gave Dak Prescott ample time to make those throws. Um, you know, Jack Doyle, a perfect example of this, gets paid a lot, a lot of money because he can block really, really well and open things up for the run game. All right. Carson Wentz, he did his job. He did his job. When they needed big time throws, Carson Wentz hit those throws. All right. To extend drives. But other than that, it was JT's game. And that's all Carson Wentz had to do. Why deviate from something? Why force passes against a really good secondary? Why deviate from that game plan when it's working all the time and the Bills can't stop it? So I want you I just want people to 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 see the game a little bit differently. And again, I know we're not experts. I know we're not myself, Brian, nobody on the show is an expert. Um, but when it comes to film study, myself and Brian are very much not but not experts. Definitely not more than anybody else on this show. But I just want people to see the game differently. I want people to appreciate what these certain athletes bring to the table um, every time they, they, they suit up. All right. The next guy we're about to talk about, Kirk Cousins, is another guy who people love to take a dump on every chance that they get. Oh, overpaid. This and that. Excuse me. Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback. Sorry to break it to you, everybody. He may not have the uh he may not be on Super Bowl winning teams like Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. Or these elite teams that are just number one in their division every single year, making playoff appearances every year. But Kirk Cousins is really, really good at what he does. All right, go look at his stats right now. Go look at his stats right now. I'll actually read them off to you. So you don't have to switch off and move away from our episode, depending on what kind of app you're 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 looking at, you're listening to us on. I'll read off some Kirk Cousins stats for you right now. All right, so as of week 11, Kirk Cousins is at a 68.2% completion percentage. Listen, where I went to school, that's a passing That's a passing mark. All right, and that's actually really not that bad. 2,775 yards, 21 touchdowns, two interceptions. All right. He's putting up really, really, really good numbers. He only had a pick against the Lions and the Browns. Other than that, he's been unbelievably good. All right. Time to put some respect on Kirk Cousins' name a little bit. Um, and I hope that, you know, it, through film study, this is why part of the reason why we picked up film study this off, this this year um, to cover it for our podcast was because we, we want to really just boost these players up in your eyes. It may or may not work. But I, we want you to kind of see where we're coming from. I really, really like Kirk Cousins. Year in, year out, he's actually proving pretty, pretty good, whether it be as a fantasy quarterback or just a just a quarterback in general. All right? I know it takes a lot of flack because the Minnesota Vikings are not a great team, but honestly, uh, Kirk Cousins doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell of winning an MVP, but he should kind of be in the mix. As weird as it sounds, he should be in the mix, but he's not going to be. Because he plays for the Minnesota Vikings, and they're a five and five football team right now, and he's not a big time marketable star. But Kirk Cousins is playing; you know his numbers are that good. 
They're matching up with Aaron Rodgers. They're better than Patrick Mahomes right now. Go look at Mahomes' picks. Interceptions compared to Kirk Cousins right now. All right? Kirk's doing better than Josh Allen, who everybody had as the number one, right? Number one MVP candidate. Kirk's playing that good. The difference is the teams, the spotlight, all that jazz. You got to look past what the uh, what the, uh, the the experts, quote-unquote, will uh, are kind of feeding to you. But Kirk is playing and just doing absolutely tremendous. So let's take a look at our Kirk Cousins play. Whoop. Still on that one. Okay. All right, we're going to give it a watch first. But, yeah, this is uh, from this past weekend. This is a huge touchdown strike to uh, Justin Jefferson. I believe it's 50, 60-something yards. Let's give it a watch, and we'll start to break it down. Cousins all day loading up, going deep. Jefferson, he's got it, sailing into the end zone. They mark him down at the one. The old 77 route, you're going to get a high corner by Jefferson and a low corner. You see Thielen, they're both wide open. A great throw. Let's see if he gets in. He's reaching. All right. Oh, it's not a touch. I don't think it was a touchdown, was it? Did they give it to him? Sailing into the end zone. They mark him down. No, nah, he was down short. Nah, that's all right. Close enough. Should have been. It was pretty damn close. All right, so let's uh, take a look at the personnel for this. Let me just get us back to where we were at. Okay, so the Minnesota Vikings are in a I formation fullback. I told you I'm throwing some new uh, new terminology at you guys. Maybe not new for for experts and stuff, but um, for for myself, I found this flashcard web flashcard website and it's amazing. I formation. All right. So we have the uh, Kirk Cousins right right behind under center. Our eye formation, we got uh, Dalvin Cook in the back. Offset weak side. Fullback offset weak side. So what that means is that we have a fullback here. All right, and he's on the weak side. Strong side is where the tight end lines up. Strong side, that means extra protection, an extra blocker. When you're a defense and you see that strong side, it could indicate that a run is coming that way. So if you're playing Madden, it's like, uh, you know, weak half, HB, weak blasters. It's just it's just something along the line. We see this terms weak and strong. That's what that means. We've talked about that before on this show. So, um, so yeah, so the left side of the offensive line has an extra, has a tight end, an extra blocker. And that's that's why it's called, that, that's, that's on the strong side. The, the fullback is on the right side, which has no tight end, so that is a weak side. I formation, fullback, offset, weak side, 21 personnel. That's what we're looking at here. We got our two wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, on the bottom of the screen, but uh, plenty of protection to help sell this run. It's second and seven, two minutes, 40 seconds left in the first quarter, the tied at three. Second and seven, most teams are going to try and run and make that third down easier. And when you have Dalvin Cook, why the heck not? They do a really, really good job of sucking this team in. But for the uh, for the Packers, looks like... Uh, this is a unique look. It looks like they're playing a 5-2 defense. They got five people on the line with uh with 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 two linebackers and everybody else kind of playing back. I gauge this as cover one zone. Cover one zone coverage. There's nobody playing up on the line that's gonna go into coverage. But it looked like zone. Our cornerbacks, our safeties, um, 
are are playing back a little bit. They're guarding the first down marker, which is right at the 50. So that's what we're looking at. Let's uh, start to break this thing down. Let me mute that, actually. All right, so our fullback is leading, heading straight on. All right, so this indicates that for the defense, oh, wow, maybe they're going to go for a run. All right, look at the linebackers. They kind of come up. They do a good job of not selling, but they do come up just enough where there's not any extra pressure on Kirk Cousins. All right, look at this pocket of space that he has, and I wish I got the all-22 footage to, to kind of bring up, but we're gonna see, we obviously we see the uh, the full field of play, but Kirk has so much time, and look at our fullback over here. Um, I think that's Ham. I can't remember. I think it's his name is CJ Ham. Um, he's waiting to pick up any blockers, any any linebackers, any quarterbacks that they send blitzing after the initial you know exchange between offensive defensive line happens, but. Look at this. This again. If you're a visual watcher, it's a little bit easier. Audio listener, Kirk has about three to five yards of protection, of, of pocket space to to make a decision, make a read, and go big. All right, Adam Thielen. I, we did. They do say this. Adam Thielen and um, Justin Jefferson are running. It's a 77 route. So both men are kind of curling out of bounds. Remember, out odd number. Odd number um, route trees usually go to the outside, usually go out of bounds. Even numbers go to the inside. So here we go. 77, Kirk Cousins fire, getting ready to fire up. All right, he could take the he could take the little under it. I think that's Dalvin Cook right there. Still well protected, and he chucks it. All right, finds Justin Jefferson. That was really, really close to a touchdown, by the way. That, that probably should have been. But uh, catches it. They 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 catch it right in the seams. They they they. Here we go. We're breaking it down now. Okay, they run up. Great route running ability. Thielen takes some guys under. He has the first down automatically there. But Kirk goes for the house, chucks it. Yeah, it's close. That's really really close. But this is the great thing. I mean, that was a. We love to throw this word around accurately, though. Me and Brian love to throw this phrase around accurately. But he threw a dime. Kirk Cousins threw a dime to Justin Jefferson and uh, was just short. All right, Justin Jefferson didn't have to slow his route down. It was perfect. He weaved in and out. Him and Thielen hit between the seams, and Justin Jefferson hit a huge strike and really helped open up the scoring for Minnesota. Really took it. Green Bay has a good defense. All right, I'm not sure where they rank secondary-wise or just totally, but they have a good defense. And uh, Kirk Cousins picked him apart in a big, big way here. So let's watch it one more time. All right, again, 21 personnel, two running backs. We got white, one tight end right here on the left side. That is deemed the strong side. Our fullback is lined up on the weak side. There we go. The ball is hiked. All right. Fullback runs off to add some extra protection. Our linebackers here for the Green Bay Packers are kind of following that decision. They come up a little bit. And this gives uh, Thielen and Justin Jefferson a chance to uh, weave in and out, hit some breaks, hit some strides, and go ahead and make this thing happen. And Kirk, a tremendous throw. I mean, that's a dime. It is. I, I love that phrase. It's a dime. Yeah, they call him short. And we'll watch the uh, we'll watch the extra extra business one more time. Corner by Jefferson and a low corner. You see Thielen. They're both wide open. A great throw. Let's see if he gets in. He's reaching. There it is. All right. That's your Kirk Cousins play. 
for the week. Put some respect on Kirk Cousins, everybody. I know it's so easy. Social media is this giant echo chamber. And social media is this big echo chamber, and everybody loves to take a dump on Kirk Cousins. But go watch these guys play. Go look how masterful they are. Go look at the cool stuff that they do. I get it. Rising up under pressure is a is a great and cool thing when the moment matters most. We gotta remember this team this this game, football is a team sport. All right. Going back to the JT play. If Jack Doyle doesn't hit that block, again, JT doesn't score that touchdown. And it's the same with this. It's the same with quarterbacks. All right. Everybody has to do their job for it to work. Quarterbacks just got the the big name and they make the biggest plays. They have the pretty position. Give some love to Kirk Cousins. Please and thank you. But, um, all right, so we're going to take a look at our final play here. Minnesota, uh, again, their defense has been kind of wonky this year. They're going up against a very boring but very effective Green Bay Packers offense that, you know, led by reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers. You got a lot of pieces there. Devontae Adams, A.J. Dillon filling in for Aaron Jones. I believe Randall Cobb is out there. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Excuse me. But uh, they rattle, they rattle, uh, they rattle Aaron Rodgers a little bit here. They actually get a sack and strip fumble. So uh, let's give a, well, they cause a fumble. Rodgers recovers it. But let's give it us a watch before uh, before we go any further. Here we go. Three, two. Four-man rush. Rodgers still looking. Can't find anyone. In trouble. Ball is loose. Still I think Rodgers got it back. Armand Watts got the strip sack, but Rodgers was able to fall. All right. So the situation is third and nine. The uh, the Green Bay Packers are on their uh, the 48-yard line of the Vikings. So they're moving down the ball. The score's tied at three, 6.07 left in the, uh, in the first quarter. All right. The... Uh, Packers offense is in shotgun formation. We got trips right. All right, we got three wide receivers to the right. We have eleven personnel. We have a running back. I believe that is Dylan next to him, and a uh, and a tight end on the very left side. His hand is not in the dirt. He's lined up like he's going to run a route. All right, and third and nine. Obviously, you want the more options that you have to uh, to push the ball downfield, the better. All right, for Minnesota, let's back it up just a hair. Okay, just to hear. All right, Minnesota's defense is in. It appears to be a 46 defense. Now, 46 defense is uh, was made famous by Buddy Ryan, 85 Bears. And uh, it, you know, it's it's kind of like a disguised 46 defense. Again, it's, it's sending a lot of people. It's having a lot of people on the line. They actually pull back. They have one, two, three, four, five, six. They have seven people on the line. All right. But they ended up pulling back three into coverage, which, you know, which screws up. And and the psychology of that is it screws up the pre-snap reads by Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers right now is looking at this as cover one, and he's got got one-on-one coverage on three of his four potential targets. All right, think about that. He's got one-on-one coverage of three of his potential four targets, two of his wide receivers, nobody on the slot guy. I believe that might be Cobb. And uh, 
and our tight end over here at the bottom of the screen. He's got one person lined up. Um, and again, for our audio listeners, the, the, he's got one person lined up across from the tight end. And a huge, huge line front. They got to get something quick off. Our, our our deep man, 23 here, is protecting the first down marker. That's it's, kind of where he's supposed to be. So, and we'll start to watch this unfold. Let me mute it. All right, there's a snap, and look at we got three guys pulling back now. So this rattles everything. Aaron Rodgers is is looking now. He's I'm not gonna say he's frantic, but he's making reads. He's looking, of course, for his Devonte for Devontae Adams, his ex guy, pretty much. Doesn't like what he sees. Minnesota well well covers it. Look at we got one on one coverage right here. Aaron Rodgers looking to this side. All right, AJ Dillon. You know the the, the pocket collapsed essentially. We got guys tied up everywhere. All right, great, great, tight man coverage on this play um, that, you know, is just, and it flusters Aaron Rodgers. He literally has nowhere to go, has literally nowhere to move this ball. The only way he's going to get any positive yardage is by taking off and running, or he's have to throw, he has to throw it away and uh, go for a punt, and the team has to go for a punt. All right, he's looking, tries to pump fake, breaks off. One of the uh, the defenders who got way past Aaron Rodgers, well, I mean, Rodgers shipped in and out, is coming back this way, and it's just it's just a hot mess. And Rodgers gets pushed on his butt, and uh, fumbles. Eventually recovers it, but not a uh, not a good luck. But it, the masterfulness of this play, from what I'm gathering, is again the disguised coverage. All right, when you pull three guys back for, and I mean it's third and nine, right? Logically, if you have one on one coverage, you're pretty okay. But if you send the house, Rodgers got to go down, right? And Rodgers prepared for that. And that's probably he probably has these guys. He actually has these guys. If you kind of look, they're running some like two, four, and six routes, running to the inside of the field to just try and get something going. And he can't. Yeah, look at they're coming in, running up and running across. That guy's running a zero route. And uh Vikings have it just well, well prepared. They stuffed him in that. I mean, that's part of the reason why. I mean, I know this became a high-scoring affair. But that's part of the reason why that the Vikings hung with the Packers as well as they did. Their defense stepped the heck up. All right, and they played really, really good football. Let's watch it one more time. All right, turn it down a little bit more. There's the hike. There's the back pedal. Rogers. Still cover, cover, cover. Can't find anyone. In trouble. Ball is loose. Still loose. I think Rodgers got it back. Armand Watts got the strip sack, but Rodgers was able to fall. Just well prepared. Masterfully. Masterfully, masterfully prepared for uh, for whatever Aaron Rodgers had coming his their way. So um, kudos to the Vikings defense. Kudos to the Vikings for the win. All right, that much needed win. That puts them right back in the playoff picture. They were a 3-5 and five team two weeks ago. Now they're at 500 at 5-5. Five and five. But, again, uh, I really hope that you guys took away something from this episode. As always, you know, we're, we're learning. We're learning. This is my little, my, my classic uh, film room study rant at the end of every episode. We're learning right with you. And, uh, you know, we're just getting started. We're just getting started. This has been so tremendously fun for myself and Brian, I know, to kind of learn and understand the game, why things work, what could they have done alternatively, and um, which I think is a facet we're going to start adding a lot more. Whoop, heading into uh, 
heading into the off season. Just, just uh, what would we have done differently, maybe? But, um, but yeah, this has been great. Uh, the video will be up on YouTube at some point. I'm going to try and get it up as quickly as I can. But thank you so much, everybody, for your support. I uh, love and support on the Facebook page, on this podcast, all the good feedback we hear. It means a lot to us. We're just some kids from Western New York. Some of us, you know, scattered about, but um, we're kind of grown-ass men at this point, right? I'm 30. I can't be calling myself a kid. But, uh, but you know, we, we take a lot of pride in this. We love the game of football. We want to keep this show fun. We don't want to come off smart-alecky. We want to keep things fun, and uh, we're just like you. We are no better than you when it comes to takes on football, knowledge of football. We just like to... Uh, we just like to present it in a little bit of an organized fashion. So that is it, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. And on behalf of uh, myself and Brian, till next time, the two-point conversation is good.